Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, choir. Thank all of you for taking part. Thank our praise team. Thank you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. I'm going to speak to you, share with you this morning a sermon that, that I've entitled Comfort for Today and Tomorrow. Comfort for Today and tomorrow. We'll be looking at Isaiah chapter 6. No doubt Isaiah, familiar book in the Bible. And chapter 6 uh, is extremely uh, well read from. And so uh, if you would, and if you're healthy and feel like standing, please stand as we read Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. As we read from the infallible, inspired, inerrant word of God. Isaiah chapter 6. And we'll look at verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it stood, above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he'd taken from the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I, send me. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to worship you and sing hymns and praise songs, and now to open your word. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Be with me as I share. And Father, let me share the right words and share in the right spirit. Thank you again for each person here. Father, help, help us, Lord, to be not just hearers of your, your word, but doers of your word. And so we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Isaiah was a major prophet in the Old Testament. He lived in a period of time that was very much like our day. It was a time of international upheaval, rebellion, and idolatry. However, Isaiah moved fearless through the chaos of his day. He was firm in his faith, and he was sure in his God. And he was able to give courage to a generation who would rebuild a ruined nation, simply by saying in Isaiah 40, verse 31, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. 
and they shall walk and not faint. This morning, God wants us to, wants us to hear this prophet Isaiah as he cries out a message to us that God sends to us. Uh, we also live in a world that's filled with confusion and chaos. We have wars and rumors of wars. We have nations rising against nations. Russia rising against Ukraine. Russia and America rising against each other. United States and Iran rising against each other. United States and China rising against each other. Europe and Russia rising against each other. Europe and China rising against each other. Nation against nation. The world is not only filled with chaos, but our country, our nation, is filled with chaos and instability. Have natural disasters. You remember them several this year. First of all, re recently you had the flood and the mudslides in Kentucky. You remember seeing all of this on TV. Sixteen counties in Kentucky were declared disaster areas. Several people lost their homes, lost their, their lives. So you had the floods there in Kentucky. You had uh, the hurricanes, the hurricanes in Florida. You remember all the devastation that happened just recently in Florida. Entire, entire cities just wiped out because of the hurricanes in Florida. And of course, you have the border crisis. You border crisis along our southern border. I heard this morning over 800 children have died crossing the Rio Grande. 800 children, over a million people, gotaways that we don't even know where they are, what kind of people that came across. We have a, uh, a national disaster there on our southern borders. And homelessness, you have a homelessness in our major cities. Our major cities are struggling with homelessness, our larger cities especially. And so we're in a, we're in a national crisis today in our world. We have a, a shipping crisis with goods and services and because of that have empty shelves, still have problems trying to find baby food. Medical devices like a CPAP machine perhaps, and they've been out for a long time, having them ordered, and they don't know when they'll arrive. You have those shipping crises that bring about those empty shelves. And then you have riots. You have riots in our major cities with a spike in crime. You have the robberies and the smash and grab. And you have the home invasion. You have the subway murders. And you have the drive-by shootings. And little innocent children are shot for no reason at all. Just drive by and shoot into a crowd and people are killed. And then you have our economic problems. We're almost at a 10% inflation, 8.2% inflation, high interest rate, high fuel prices, gasoline prices, heating oil, natural gas going up this winter, going into the winter months. So the point is our government right now is headed toward an economic cliff if our national leaders don't balance their spending with the revenue that our country receives. We're headed for a major problem. So we have international crisis, then we have national crisis, but we also have personal crisis. We have crisis with our families, spouses with spouses, and 
children with their spouses and spouses with their children and crisis in jobs and a lot of layoffs going on right now and and we have uh, financial crisis in families and addiction problems and child and youth uh, rebellion with parents and health problems that people are experiencing right now. And so God's message through this prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 40 verse 1, he said, Comfort, yes, comfort my people. Comfort. Let's think about comfort. Now, the English word for comfort comes from two Latin words that when you put them together, it means with strength. So comfort means to have strength. It means to, it means to have power. It means to, to have strength. Uh, when, when the prophet says be comforted, he's not using a word uh, meaning to have pity on someone, but uh, strength and power. So God's comfort does not weaken us, but God's comfort empowers us. So we need the comfort of God. We need the comfort of God today. We need the comfort of God tomorrow. But before Isaiah could proclaim comfort or power or strength to this remnant of God's people who would be rebuilt in a nation, after the judgment of God befell the nation because of their rebellion, because of, that, because of their idolatry, before he could proclaim comfort to the people, Isaiah would have to experience comfort for himself. We find ourselves in the same situation. Before we can tell other people about comfort, we've got to make sure we can experience comfort, power, strength in the Lord ourselves. So Isaiah... At a, was at a point in his life that he was desperately needing God's comfort, his power, his strength. And the reason for that in verse 1, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah knew he needed God's comfort, strength, power. Uzziah was a righteous king. He was a good king. He was a godly king. And so the point is, he was a king that was extremely needed in the chaos of Isaiah's day. But the king was dead. International crisis, rebellion with the people, idolatry with the people, needed comfort, strength, the power of God. But the righteous king that led their country was dead. Was dead. A nation in chaos... The righteous king was dead. A nation facing God's judgment because of rebellious spirit and their idolatry, and the righteous king was dead. Can you feel their pain? Can you kindly feel how they might have been feeling when their righteous king or their righteous leader was no longer leading the country and the country was in turmoil, the country was in chaos? So what would Isaiah do? Well, because of the language, he went to church. He went to the temple and he prayed. That's what he did. So here's the point. When you're cast down, when you're burdened, when you're needing comfort, when you're needing strength and power, go to church. Go to church. You'll never find comfort that you're looking for at home, mad at God and mad at everybody else. Therefore, I want you to notice three stages that Isaiah experienced to find this comfort. You can jot these down. 
I'm going to share three stages with you that Isaiah experienced and found God's comfort. The first stage is found in verse 1 through 4, and that he had sight. There must be sight to find God's comfort. Look, if you will, at verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So to have comfort, we must have sight. Sitting on a throne, I saw the Lord. He saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, was the Lord. In the midst of, of this international turmoil, in the midst of the chaos and rebellion nationally with, with Judah, in the midst of personal problems and chaos, Isaiah realized that, that we might have a great king, we might not have a great king on the earth, on the throne on earth right now, but what he realized, the greatest king, the king of all creation, whether in heaven or on earth, is still seated on his throne in heaven. Don't ever forget that. Things may not be going well in Washington, may not be pleased with leadership, with both political sides, but one thing for certain, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is still sitting on his throne in heaven. Must never forget that. And Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Now, when he says, I saw the Lord, that claim does not contradict a statement made in John 1 verse 18, where the Bible says, where no, where no man has seen God at any time. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. But the Bible refers to several people who saw manifestations of God that reveals various levels of God. Smoke was there, verse 4. Notice what it says. And the post of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. You have the voice crying out. You have the smoke filling the temple, the Shekinah cloud symbolizing the presence of God, the smoke symbolizing the presence of God. And then he saw these winged seraphs pass, praising God and saying, holy, 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 praising God. So uh, I, I don't know what you're going through right now in your life, but Isaiah was desperate and he was depressed and he wanted to have comfort from God. The king was dead, the nation was in rebellion, and judgment was on, his way, on its way, and he couldn't do nothing about it. But remember this, when the outlook is bleak, then the uplook is glorious. When we remember that God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne, he's recognizing, he is, we recognize his sovereign power over the universe, He's there, and we can have confidence and hope and faith and trust in him. Before you have comfort, strength, power, there's, a, there's sight. The Lord is on his throne. There must be sight, must recognize whatever's going on down here, God's still on his throne up there. So to have that comfort, we have to realize there must be sight. But number two, if you're taking notes. Not only there must be sight, but there's insight. There's insight. Look at verse 5. So I said, Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Must have sight, must have insight. 
inside. The point is, the sight of God, the hymn of worship, holy, 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 brought conviction to Isaiah's heart, and all of a sudden he confessed, he confessed that he was a sinner. He had insight. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell with a people that are sinners, people with unclean lips. And so God, he asked a question, God, how can I, how can I prophesy with unclean lips? Lord, how can I worship with unclean lips? You see, unclean lips comes from an unclean heart. Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking, Matthew 12, 34. It says, because a brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So how can I prophesy with lying lips? How can I, how can I worship with unclean lips? It all comes from the heart. Isaiah wanted God to clean him inwardly. He wanted his heart clean. The psalmist cried out in Psalm 51, verse 10. He cried out, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. So Isaiah cried out and God met that need. Look at verse 6. As he realized that he had unclean lips and an unclean heart. Verse 6 says, One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Imagine how he felt after that had taken place. So Isaiah cried out, and God met his need. Friend, listen, before there's comfort, power, and strength, there has to be sight, must be sight, must be insight. We have to see ourselves as we are, as we're standing before God, asking Him for comfort. Unclean lips caused by an unclean heart. Notice that he, his, there has to be this insight. His conviction led to his confession, and his confession led to his cleansing. That's usually the way that it goes. But anyway, there's sight and there's insight. I'm going to close with this. There's a vision. Look at verse 8. There's a vision that he had. He said, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Now Isaiah had witnessed a lot. But the next thing that happened in his life, in this heavenly dream, will change Isaiah's life forever. He, he heard the word of the Lord. He heard God calling. He said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Notice that. He didn't say, who, who will I send? Who will go for me? But he said, who will go for us? There's a, Isaiah's call is really a Trinitarian call. Who will go for us? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's pretty neat. So only the triune God could speak like this. And Isaiah saw the need. The nation had a need. They needed the Lord. And the Lord wanted a servant. And Isaiah volunteered to be that servant. He said, here am I, Lord. Send me. 
Now I want you to notice the, the sequence. A vision of the enthroned Lord. His glory, God's glory, led to this overpowering worship, which leads to Isaiah's awareness of his sinfulness, which leads to crying out against himself. I'm a man of unclean lips, which leads to the atoning work for sin. The seraphim touched his tongue with, with a hot iron, a code, which led to hearing the Lord call for a messenger. Who will go? Who can I send? Which leads to Isaiah presenting himself for service. And so listen, our world, our nation, our communities, our families are all unimaginable in chaos, very chaotic. And God still needs Isaiah's today. He needs Isaiah's. So those who would sound the warning, the warning of judgment, those who will point to the king, those who will pronounce the woes, but also pronounce the cleansing that can be found in the Lord Jesus. Those who will answer God and say, when God says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? God's waiting for those who will say, hey, here I am, send me. So there's comfort today, there's comfort tomorrow, there's comfort, there's strength, there's power, comfort. But before you find it, there must be sight. Have you seen the Lord? Have you heard the Lord? Has God spoken to you? You sense God calling you to be involved in ministry, or perhaps in vocational ministry, or perhaps full-time ministry. God calling you perhaps to be a missionary, or it's just God calling you to serve in the local church and in your community. Has God spoken to you? Have you felt led to, to serve the Lord in any special, any particular way? Have you seen the Lord? Or have a king still on the throne? He still speaks to those that will listen to him. And when the outlook looks bleak, remember, regardless of what it looks like here, the uplook when we look up, regardless what our situation here, when we look up, it's, it's glorious. But before you find the comfort, strength, power, there must be sight. Then there must be insight. He saw himself. Have you looked inside yourself lately? Is there any unconfessed sin in your life that would hinder a testimony? You sharing a testimony with a friend or a classmate or someone on the job? Is your life pure before God? Any unconfessed sin that would hinder your testimony? So to have that comfort that so many people search for, that strength, that power in the Lord, there has to be insight, but then there has to be this vision. God can use me. God wants to use me, so don't give up. Don't give in. It's not hopeless. You're not alone. The king is still on the throne, and he's asking today, who can go for us? But the question is, would we say, hey, I'll go, like Isaiah said. Hear my Lord. Send me. You willing to do that today? That's our word prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence today. I thank you for each person here. And Lord, we talked about comfort today. Comfort meaning strength and power in you. Lord, our world is in a mess. Internationally, our whole world is in a mess. But not only the world, but our nation's in a mess. 
It, it trickles down to our communities are in a mess and our homes are in a mess. A lot of chaos going on. We need comfort today, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that we can experience your, your comfort, your peace, your power, your strength in our lives. And Father, help us take a good look at ourselves this morning. Father, help us to look deep inside and see where we stand with you. I pray for anyone here this morning that's not fully trusted you and only you as their Lord, their Savior. I pray today they'll do that. And I pray, Father, that as believers that we'll examine our hearts, examine our inside, take a deep look inside and see if there's anything that would hinder our testimony before others who really need to know you in a personal way. Help us to take a look inside. But Lord, help us to see the vision that you have for us individually. And Lord, that we'll be willing to step up and say, Lord, here I am, send me, use me. Use me wherever you want to use me, ever how you want to use me, use me. And so Father, I pray that you've brought us to the point today where we can examine ourselves and then be willing to be used of you. Thank you for each person here. I thank you for this invitation time. As the invitation is given, I pray that people would respond as the Holy Spirit leads them. Pray, Lord, that you'll lead some to come to know you as Lord and Savior of uh, their life. And I pray that you'll lead them to do that today. I pray you'd lead others, Lord, to come and recommit themselves to you, Father, and surrender to service today. Thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.